Hello and welcome once again to the How Long To Beat podcast. I'm Rick, joined as ever by Paula and Alex. Uh, and a whole host of completions this week. We've all been very, very busy bees. Um, we're going to, as always, talk about those. Talk about the one retirement that we've got. You'll never guess whose it is this time. Uh, and then the stuff we're playing. We're going to try and squeeze in a little bit of a chat uh, just off the back of a conversation that was going on in the Discord recently um, about whether all games are art. Uh, and then we will finish off with how long to, to beat, beat the, the game. game. The game. <laughs> Poor pal. I, I, I was like, <laughs> you almost got me. That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Never let them guess your next move. Well, I'm going to jump in because I don't think I've talked about my games first in a while. So I'm going to do that because <laughs> uh, I beat a game that you beat last week, uh, Rick. Because you if talked you hadn't about introduced it. yourself, I was about to tag it in. Oh, were you there? Yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I played Part Time UFO on Android because you, you mentioned it, and I was like, this sounds like a perfect game for me while I'm sitting watching TV. Uh, and it was, and it actually uh-huh. is quite good on Android. Like, yeah, I, I do always think that like the digital analog is the bane of all existence. Like it's just terrible, but they do a good job with it overall. And the game is so like wonky physicsy anyway, that like, sometimes I wasn't sure if it was the controller, or if it was just actually the game is meant to be like that. You know what I mean? So I'm like, this isn't exactly a precision game, you know, like that's like kind of the point is that it's hard to be precise with it um which is it also yeah right exactly Sorry. like you have to be precise but also it's very difficult to be precise which is what makes it really fun um it's very warioware you know like yes yeah like in terms of its presentation and look it has that kind of goofy like oh look there's funny looking characters and like weird scenarios that you're doing like oh pick up all this stuff and make up you know banana split or whatever and like um create a like like a Parthenon, like an H degrees kind of thing, but make sure you have the weird dude sitting in the middle. And I kind of like that they don't tell you what the what you have to do in some of them because like you, basically it's like there's like the timer goal. So like you basically have like three goals in every level. One of them is usually beat it in the within the time limit, and then there's like two special always, things. Always, yeah, yeah. And um, I just found it fun. I I eventually was able to get like more than enough to pass through each of the levels. Um, you basically have to just like clear like a couple of them with like two or three coins and then you're pretty good for the rest of it. Um, so yeah, I think it's a really sweet, fun game. Very quick, a couple hours, I think, to beat it. Um, it is really good on Android. Like I also like the verticality of it. Um, I'm sure it's just as good on Switch. Like I have no doubt that they just, you know, did a great job with like porting it there and switching it around. I'm curious what it'd be like having the the wider view what that might change might make planning it's interesting you say that because i'm thinking exactly the same but inverse i suspect that they rejigged some of the layouts as they ported things across they did make a lot of little changes in the switch version particularly with all the extra modes that they added as well so Mm. um similar to what's that capybara game that you played the one with the gems where you like slice through them because they did a similar thing where they ported it to switch and so we basically had to redesign the whole damn game to to fit that different aspect ratio oh grindstone that's the one yeah yeah oh shit dude i don't know how that came in through me but yeah yeah grindstone <laughs> with the gem. yeah yeah you're right actually because yeah with on switch it was a little different because they had the same port process and they said we had to change a lot i imagine mm. part-time ufo is similar but probably much less strenuous but yeah. you, you do have to change the aspect ratio it just it wouldn't work otherwise yeah exactly um anyway i i wholeheartedly recommend it it's just a really fun simple idea it reminds 
tends to be a lot of box boy you know like in spirit um and you'll see box boy in some of the backgrounds just like wandering around uh, yeah he's drag. yeah and you can buy a spaceship skin that makes you look like box boy, like box boy. yeah you better believe i spent most of the game playing with that one nice i just went for the most expensive one and was like i'll play with this one because <laughs> that's what i'm like i don't know um but there's lots of stuff you can unlock in it so anyway, part-time UFO is fun. I also beat Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition. I said, Devil May Cry. <laughs> um, okay, here's the deal. This game is, I think, undeniably a good game. In fact, a great game. Um, the, the thing is, I just don't really give a shit about hack and slash games. You know, like Bayonetta, for instance, I enjoy when I play it, but I don't, I'm not like a big fanatic on these games. And I'm, decent at them you know what i mean like i'm not i'm not fucking incredible like i can get ss rank every once in a while and like you know i s ranked a couple of the missions but like ultimately i just don't really care enough to learn all the different combos because there's just too many of them um and so i would say that this is essentially a really good game just not my thing so if you're not a huge fan of hack and slashes this is probably the best one to play um, if you want to experience them a little bit because I think it's probably one of the best out there. Um, it's very beautiful looking. Like, it truly is gorgeous. The only weird thing... Okay, so... The story is so fucking convoluted and stupid. Like, I've played DMC4, so I've played as Nero, and I, I played the DMC reboot. And I watched a video to try to recap what the fuck the story is in Devil May Cry, and... It tr- <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I will say is that there is one of the stupidest. Okay. There are three characters you play as in this game. Now, if you have the special edition, you also get to play as Virgil. All right. But you play as Nero, Dante, and V. Can you take a fucking sw- wild guess who the fuck V is? Do you know what I know? And I know because the music video for Bury the Light, which fucking incredible song, by the way, spoils it. Yeah, but also the name, his name is V. Like, I, it's like so the game, obvious. Devil May Cry V. Yeah, sure. It's so obvious. Like, I, the minute I played it, I was like, oh, so that's, I know who that is. And then they went through it and I was like, oh, I didn't know exactly how, but yeah, that's who it is. Okay, great. That's what I thought. Yep. <laughs> um, it's, it's, not, it's not clever. And they sort of act like it's a twist. And I'm like, this isn't a twist. Like, it's just not a twist. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm not, I won't spoil it for folks because we just did a thing on spoilers last time. But it doesn't take rocket scientists to figure out who V is. And Devil Maker. You have kind of <laughs> spoiled it though. Don't, don't try and like about no, face. No, V is brand it. new. <laughs> Like, literally hasn't... No, V has not been in any game before. Um, So anyway, I I refuse to believe that I spoiled it because I literally just started the game and went, I know who this is. (laughs) Um, Now, anyway, um, but the one thing that does bother me is that... Let's be real here. The only one who's really fun to play as is Dante. And you don't get to play as Dante until the 10th fucking mission. And there's only 20 missions. And so you play as Dante for maybe like eight of the 20 missions. And then you got to play as Nero, who's fine, but he just, he has a sword and a gun and he's got this, he lost his arm. He had this weird devil arm. It got ripped off. And so he has these devil trigger things, which are kind of cool, I guess. Um, But you can like slow time down and like ride on them and whatever. They like break though. And you got to pick up more of them and stuff. 
he's not that much fun. He's very simple. You know, you got one sword and you got one gun. We. Um, and then you have V, who's like a cool concept, but the way V works is V is too frail to fight. So V has these like spirit things, which are like a crow that shoots things and a leopard that goes, (laughs) attacks things. And then this thing called Nightmare, which just fucking decimates. It's like a giant troll that just comes out and goes like, blasts things to to fucking smithereens. And it's funny because you can get a power up to ride Nightmare. (laughs) But like, (laughs) Nightmare is way worse if you're controlling Nightmare than if Nightmare is just using its AI. (laughs) Because like when you control Nightmare, you're like, this fucking thing's really slow. And so you're just missing all these fast enemies. But then when the minute you jump off Nightmare, Nightmare is just like, where's the enemy? There it is. Bam! It just smashes them like as if it has the best AI on the planet. And so you just basically, like I ended up S-ranking a lot of the V missions because I never got hit because I was just far away from everyone going. But then the problem too is like, you can't like really direct where your little spirit guys are going to go. Like, especially when you're outside of combat. Like, I'll be like, okay, spirit bird, I would like you to hit that thing so I can get the orbs. And I'd be like, oh, you mean the thing over there? And I was like, no, no, no. I'd be really great if I just had direct control of you. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. V is V. Um, it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, it's interesting, but I don't give a shit. And then Dante is really fun because Dante has like, fucking four different fucking swords you can get which are really cool you got like these fists that you can like punch to shit with you can get this like cool well i won't spoil the others but they're basically the two that you have are the fists that you start with and then your sword and your sword's dope and then there's other ones that you can get and they're really cool um, and then you have guns and you start with ebony and ivory your basic ones and you have this kind of like blunderbuss fucking shotgun thing and then you get more guns as well and so it's dope. You switch new guns on the fly. You have different styles that you can use that you can switch. You have so many options and you feel like a badass and you're swapping like right in mid combo. And it's like so cool. And then it's like, all right, now go play Nero again. And you're like, oh, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just like, just let me play. I didn't try Virgil. I hear Virgil's really cool. Um, maybe one day I will, but I just don't care enough. Anyway, I, funny enough, I still think this game's like a 9 out of 10. It's very good. It's just like, it's made for a group, a very specific group of people, which is hack and slash enthusiasts, and I bet you they fucking love this game. For example, Sphere Hunter, I don't know if anyone's watched her on YouTube. She's really cool. She does these excellent breakdowns on like survival horror and stuff, um, and she has a great spoiler-free review of um, Devil May Cry 5, where she talks about it and lavishes praise upon it, for she is one who is very good at the game. And so if you want to learn more about it, I do recommend watching her video because I think it's really good. And also just watch her stuff in general. She's really good. She has like this very calming voice. It's very it's very soothing to listen to. <laughs> um, anyway, that's Devil May Cry 5. It's fine. Uh, it's Devil May Cry. I, I don't know. Wait, 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 let me say. Oh, one thing though. Bro, those facial animations are getting weird. <laughs> like the, the RE engine is gorgeous. But we're getting uncanny valley here now. Cause like V Oh no. V smiles sometimes and V's smile makes me palpably uncomfortable. Like it was like like just this like and it feels like V's lips, like obviously no one can see what the fuck I'm doing, but it feels like V's lips go like too far up V's face. And it 
it it's just it just looks so weird. you get like a Grinch situation where it's, it's a little yeah. Grinchy, you know, and it might also just be because he looks like someone I know who is just very uncomfortable to be around. <laughs> so I was yeah. like, maybe I'm having like connotations with that, but yeah, it's overall it's gorgeous looking, but there are moments where you're just like, Ooh, too human, but not human. Um, that was an old video game. Anyway, <laughs> I'm all over the place today, man. It's, it's been a long day. Um, okay. So that's the uh, Devil Cry five. Now something that, maybe no one would expect that I played um, is a uh, call of duty for modern warfare remastered. So the most Alex of Alex game. Yeah. Right. The most Alex. Although this was story time when I was in college or actually not even college. No, when I was in high school. Yeah. Oh my God. When I was in high school, I was huge into modern warfare. I played the shit out of this game. Like any boy who was in his teens in 2007, Mm -hmm. I played the fucking shit out of this and played the multiplayer so much. Now, as most of you know, I, I like to like, I'm constantly looking at Facebook marketplace and Kijiji just for like good deals and stuff. And I usually find things. And this guy was selling uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, a bunch of games, but basically he sold me modern warfare four remastered, the new modern warfare and Valhalla for 30 bucks, which I was like, sure. Like all those games go for much more than that in general. So I was like, I'll buy them. Why not? Like I remember liking it. Um, man, this game's really, really good. Like, mm. <laughs> you know, I, I, I rag on call of duty sometimes, but this one in particular, this is like a horror movie, honestly. Like there's a times where I was like, if you play this game and you're like, war is cool. I'm like, nah, I don't know. As I was playing it, I was like, <laughs> do you know that the whitest kids you know sketch like the one where they're nazis and like are we the baddies uh you got all <laughs> the david mitchell and webb one yeah no, david mitchell so webb, it. it was funny originally yeah yeah yeah. yeah 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 it's very overplayed now david mitchell webb yeah that's it um uh, oh yeah whitest kids you know they did a, a call of duty one that's what i was thinking of anyway sorry um but that's what you feel like a little bit like as you're playing this game you're like am i the bad I think we're the bad guys <laughs> you know, like obviously the other guys are also bad guys but we start this game by going onto a ship and killing sleeping crew members i think we're the bad guys <laughs> you know? like captain price is a fucking psychopath like mm-hmm. that dude tortures a man and then just shoots him in the head and i'm like you're you're war crimes. You're war crimes. <laughs> like that's what it feels like as you're watching. You're like, this is this is all war crimes. <laughs> um, so it's just like, oh my god. But I have to say, like I was playing with my like you know, 3D sound headphones or whatever. One of those levels. Um, I I can't remember the actual fucking name. Um, uh, as Alex. F- frantically tries to find the name of that particular mission it's the mission in the streets i think it's um charlie don't surf i think is what it's called no idea yeah i don't know what they're called you describe it to me i might remember i played this yeah not like a long time ago so it's where you're going through the streets um and then you eventually get into the like you know the one where you go into the tv station like you're raiding the tv station because they're like playing something so you're like going through these like city streets of like unnamed middle eastern place um and the sound design within that legit i was a little like shook up for i was like holy fuck like it's just like the guns are going the explosions are happening like it's fucking chaotic i was like this feels very intense like it doesn't like it was 
it's very well done. Like a lot of the missions um, just feel really um, oppressive, right? Like mm. this is one of those games where I think it's really neat because I kind of forgot how much you're actually working in a unit, right? Where like there's a lot of this breaching and there's a lot of, I mean, all gillied up is still fucking awesome. Um, yep. Right. Going through and like sneaking through an area. And then that last stand you take as you're waiting for the chopper to come. I was like, oh man, it's good shit. Um, I think this is what gets forgotten with the Call of Duty games. Like, there's a reason that originally they changed the whole landscape yep. um, of, of sort of mainstream gaming. And yes, it's easy to rip the later ones for being formulaic, but their formula stands on the broken ground of Modern Warfare 1 and 2. I actually think yep. my money, and I've, I've not played lots of the Call of Duty because I had a Wii when that era of yep. console was like a big thing, but having played 1 and 2 remastered, uh, that and the the snow levels from the sequel genuinely hold up really excellent single player gameplay. Well, Modern Warfare, uh, and, and like you say, it's almost like it's almost like a horror film because there's that tension and that suspense. Um, yeah, and they they do absolutely still hold up. Yeah, and like obviously there are some like big Bond esque, you know action set sure. pieces but there's less in this one i think than in later call of duty games where it really does mm. like when, when you leave this game like i don't know i don't leave this game thinking war is cool i'm like no this is horrible the world is worse off because of everything that happened in this game <laughs> you know like a nuke a fucking nuke went off right like it's like oh my god that scene was fucking wild in this too in this remaster this remaster is so good um, I know when mm. it was launched, terrible, because it was like paired with Infinity, Infinite Warfare. That was the only way you could access it at first, yeah. But then they gave it away for free on PS Plus, and that's the only reason Did I played they? it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and this Patient one was like an actual physical This is what release. it is. Yeah. Oh, you got a physical? I didn't even know they made physical copies. Yeah, I, I, have, a, I have a physical of it, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I think they did way later, I guess. I don't know. With an IGN thing on the top. It was like, best remaster ever. <laughs> I was like, but... <laughs> that's funny that you put like a little IGN cool right at the t- Like, it looks terrible. It's like one of those. But anyway, um, it's just such a fantastically done remaster. And obviously, I didn't touch any of the uh, multiplayer because, listen, I'm an old man now who would get fucking killed so fast if I tried to play any COD multiplayer. <laughs> can't do it for sure. Listen, back in the day, I rocked it. Like, because I was of the generation, like I played... I played Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2, World at War, and then I think I fell off after that. I don't even know what came after that. Oh, Black Ops. I think I also played Black Ops, but then that was kind of, those were the four that I was sort of, I feel like every young, you know, gamer is of an age for Call of Duty, and there's probably like one or two CODs that they played, and then they just dropped away, you know? Um, And those were the ones for me, but I I reckon, honestly, I recommend this campaign because it's pretty short like it was like six hours i think six seven hours something like that and then i got through it um if even yeah maybe maybe oh, five, actually, it was five yeah. hours for me actually yeah like it was five i feel like five. both of those games clocked in about five hours each yeah and if you get it for cheap it's really 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 intense and it's gorgeous on this thing like yeah. i was like holy crap beautiful um anyway yeah not for the faint of heart though i actually i'm like man yeah that that whole holy hell um anyway so that's what i've been playing how about one of you uh take over uh paula why don't you go first because you then will be tagging back in when we get to retired true and you played two games that i played yeah especially (laughs) one that you finished last week was was it last week yeah yeah Yeah. why don't we start with that one why don't we start with that one yeah a strange horticulture is that how you pronounce it yeah you nailed it yeah Yeah. Yeah. i nailed it Beautiful. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, this game is wrong. something. <laughs> okay, so this game is something that I didn't know I needed in my life because 
you having to go through all these plans like manually and checking like in the book like the different I guess characteristic of the plan you're being uh, requested it's I don't know there's something about it that is like quite relaxing mm. like you get like into this rhythm while you're playing while you're playing the game suddenly you're given like a clue to where the another plant is uh, hidden away and if you get the answer right then you feel like you're really smart because some of these clues are quite obscure like it took me a while like to figure them out and I didn't have the problem that you had with uh, the music getting repetitive like I kind of like look out the music past some a certain point in the game because I don't know my brain is weird like that <laughs> uh, but I have to say the music for that one last puzzle yeah. it totally rocks it, it was really good and um, you can pet the cat so that's a plus and <laughs> yeah I do recommend people who play this game to actually like uh, tag their plants because there's a lot of them and I didn't tag my plants at all Oh, I just like the elixirs. I didn't. I don't know how I passed the game, but I I guess I have a really good memory. But uh, there were a couple of plants that I wish I had tagged before because they were like very similar to other plants. And oh, the other thing that I love is how they describe the plants in the book because there was like one particular plant that was like, oh, it's it gets confused with this other plant because of. I don't remember if, if it was like the leaf shape or something like that. Probably something like um, that. Yeah, the thing is, is that, oh, then I have two clues to go by. It's like this looks similar to another plant, and plus this has like a very particular scent. So I really like how they not only had like a way to identify each plant that was like, um, the instructions were like so clear that there was a way that you could like not get stuck in the game. Mm -hmm. But also I have to give props to the team behind this game because the creativity behind creating so many plants, have them like relate to each other in some ways, in some cases, and have them like give them like a specific description or a specific um treatment they are used on or like poison they're used on i don't know they it, they they really thought well thought this game out really well so yep yeah, anyone who's listening to this go play strange horticulture especially if you like puzzle games you're gonna love this i'm pretty sure like this is like some kind of hidden gem that more people should be aware of Absolutely. I'm so glad you liked it. I, I had a feeling you'd love it. Like, I'm surprised you didn't label things, though. I had all my plants labeled in alphabetical order. I was just so obsessed. I was like, <laughs> I want them to be perfect. Um, I'm amazed. Oh, if, hmm. I didn't label them because I don't have, like, um, I guess, like, uh, a habit of labeling stuff in real life. So I, what I do, for example, with my craft stuff, is separating them into into groups. Like for example, my journey is like, oh, this is cotton, this is a wage, this is this other kind of yarn. And 
and I separate stuff into groups instead of like my specific name, unless there are games I are there my I sort my games like by alphabet. But for craft stuff, I just group them in by a specific characteristic. So I have all my fungi together. I had like a specific kind of leaves together, and I have like all this poison stuff together. Nice. I guess that's part of the beauty of the game too, though, where it's like you can decide like how you want to, you know, complete through it, right? Like they give you that kind of freedom to arrange and decide for yourself. Like you said, like you can go through the entire game and label everything or you can just not. Who cares? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so yeah, thank you for bringing this game into my attention because I, I had it in my backlog, but it was like buried over there. It was like, yeah, maybe not rainy day. No, this was a, a now game, really. Nice. The other game that I play that you've also played is Murder by Numbers. And I have to say, this game knocked it out of the park. There were like so many little details with the game that I wasn't expecting, for example, for them to... Is it a spoiler? I don't know. They were like in this... Um... Is it okay if I say it like a drag bar? Because I think that's how they refer to the game in the game. Yeah, wait, what was and... it? Uh, was it like a drag bar or something like that? Oh, a drag bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was a drag club. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's a, a gay club. bar, but with yeah. drag queens. Yeah. I remember what part you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. And there was like this moment where Scout was, Scout, the robot, is going through like the self-discovery stage because he doesn't know who he is because amnesia, mm-hmm. robot amnesia. And it was like pretty Sweet, I guess, how he went and asked the owner of the bar, hey, um, everyone is referring to myself, to, to me as a male, but I'm not really sure who I am. Like, I'm a robot. How do you differentiate this stuff? And he's like, you can be whatever you want, babe. And he's like, oh, mm-hmm. then I'm just going to be a scout. And for some reason that just, I don't know, there was something about that interaction that was so sweet. And there were many other interactions where a scout was like, asking these questions to different people and pretty much discovering who I guess they were. And there was something about how they make this robot feel so human mm. in in a lot of ways. So I really appreciate when they do that with, uh, with a specific character in a game. Plus, I have to say, Scout and Honor are like the best team ever you can quote me on that and i will fight anyone who says otherwise (laughs) and the whole misery thing at the start of the game i was like yeah this kind of like feels like a stretch to be caught in this misery but the more you go through the story the more sense it kind of that it kind of makes so this is a game that would, I would recommend to anyone who enjoys like a murder mystery kind of deal, uh, but also any Picross level lover because the puzzles were pretty good and they, and they make sense the story ways. Those are my completions. Rick, your turn. Which brings us neatly onto me. So I've got quite a few this week. I've been very, very busy. The first one uh, I'm going to leave till the end of our playing because that is Dungeon of the Endless. Uh, I did a successful switch run on that and for now... That's all I'm going to say about that one. Alex is pulling a pain face, so later on I think maybe quite interesting. <laughs> Not 
that pain. <laughs> just slightly pained. A little bit pained. Just a little uh, bit. Yeah. Next one I played, it's not a Vita game, but I played it on Vita. Uh, Minute Fun Racer. So this is a little charity game released by the people who made Minute. Um, and some of the clever, clever people in the Vita community have again found a way to create a wrapper and take certain game files from a legitimate copy of the game and port them. So that's what I did. It's the perfect game to play on the Vita because it's like a 20, 25 minute playthrough. It's a fun old time. You just have to get from the left to the right and a little bit like minute proper, you sort of buy little upgrades and things as you do it through each time. It's that same kind of very, very short loop. Um, there's, There's not really a lot to say about it. It's fun. It's short. All the proceeds go to charity, whether you play it on PC or buy it on PC and then port it to Vita. It's a nice little time. It's nice 20 minutes that I spent with that one. Um, I finally finished Golf Peaks for Android. Such a great mobile game. Um, right through to the very, very end, it maintained a beautiful learning curve in terms of introducing new things all the way through, building you up with them and then sort of giving you um, opportunities to stretch the mechanics that it gave you and the tile sets that it gave you um, to the limits of what those rules could allow. Um, real, real brain teaser. Only on a couple of occasions did I feel like I needed to look externally for help on how to solve the puzzles. It's all um, really well scoped in that sense. I think. I think it certainly for me it struck the right balance, um, and it's real cheap. It's only a couple of pounds um on the play store you can just buy it on itch if you prefer to play on pc but i think this is the kind of game that really is well suited to mobile um just given the length of the levels um how smoothly the ui um works and how well that is suited to a touch interface uh particularly sort of one-handed while you're doing other things and, and picking between this was uh in in big chunks a commute game for me where i'd sort of play it for two or three minutes moving between platforms on the train or, um, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, it's excellent for that, really, really excellent for that. Less excellent, um, second to last completion, God of War Ascension. Mm. I, th- there was a point about two and a half hours in, I was very, very close to retiring this one. Um, the combat is just so thin. It felt like they've taken a lot of the nuance and the depth uh, that the original trilogy had um, and stripped it out in favor of a really lackluster um, weapon pickup system. If anyone's played um, Prince of Persia, the Warrior Within, it's very similar to what that tried to do, where you could pick up random other swords, axes, stuff like that um, from your enemies and use those as secondary weapons. But there's almost never a really good reason to do that over your main weapon, the Chains of Olympus, and where um, previous games would give you alternatives to the chains that did have different use cases and a whole different move set. Um, these weapons don't do that. They just kind of sit on the circle button and you just hit circle if you want to use one of those instead. And there's very rarely a reason where that's worth doing. Um, one of the weapons is shields and they do introduce an enemy type that has an interesting interaction with those shields but that that really is the limit of sort of good implementation of that system beyond that in a way that none of the other games have felt like to me yet 
um, this game really felt antagonistic towards you in the way that things were set up. Um, enemies would just tank your hits and just wind up an attack animation of their own. Um, there's a, a new system that they've introduced in this as well called Rage, where you have a meter that builds up, um, but it goes down if you stop attacking or if you take damage. Uh, there are enemies that are specifically designed to become impervious to your hits right as you're about to hit full rage, which is when you can start using abilities with it, which on the one hand, yes, you want enemies that are going to present different challenges, but this doesn't present a challenge. Hmm. It just presents a roadblock. It's an enemy that just stops you from using one of the mechanics that they've introduced in this game specifically. And it's not a fun enemy to fight. You just have to sort of avoid it and wait for it not to be invincible again and then just wail on it. It's not interesting. It's not exciting. It doesn't demand much of you except patience um, and, and tolerance for bullshit. And the story's pointless as well. It it kind of gives you a little bit of context, sort of, into the backstory of Kratos, but not in any meaningful sense. And obviously at the end, because it's got to tee up the original God of War, it runs into that classic prequel problem where it's a story that didn't really need to be told, doesn't advance anybody's character, doesn't develop anyone or change anything, or have any kind of impact that's appreciable outside of its own narrative, because it can't, because the next step was planned without it in mind. Um, Is this whole the one... fucking that shows you why he became all white and stuff, right? Is that... Nope, that's God of War 3. Oh, it's God of War 3 that does that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so this run really is pointless. Okay. <laughs> I, I, a waste of six hours of my life. And it, <laughs> I, I gave it a six out of ten, and in hindsight, that does feel a little bit generous. I might even have dropped it to a five. I can't remember. But it, it's not that it doesn't function mechanically. Like, if you'd never played any other God of Wars, if you had a limited knowledge of gaming generally, it functions just fine and you can get through it. And there are some moments of fun to be had within it, but it's by far the weakest God of War game. And it's a pretty weak game, even by the standards of the generation in and around it. Um, kind of a kick in the teeth that it goes so uncharted in some of the, the set piece chasing it, doesn't it? it really does a poor job of doing that one because the set pieces aren't all that grand for the most part. And two, because once it's got a set piece idea, it will do that set piece 15, 20 times ad nauseum um, in slightly different variations and setups, sometimes two or three in quick succession. And it, it ceases to be a set piece and it just becomes a mechanic where you're moving a sliding character left or right. It doesn't, it doesn't really work. It is worth saying, in the context of why this game is the way it is, uh, it had a multiplayer component. Because it was a game from the late noughties, early teens. Of course, it had a multiplayer component. Of course. <laughs> um, I don't believe the servers are up. Even if they were, I would have less than zero interest in trying it. Uh, but one of the reasons that the main campaign is so blah is because a lot of energy was devoted to that multiplayer component. Mm. Um, misguidedly so, I think I and history would agree. But that that's the situation it is. It also has a demo for The Last of Us, which is kind of topical. Because Sony, in their infinite wisdom, decided that that of all their back catalogue games is the one that needed remaking. Um, but yep. that's none of my business. Well, you know that's 100% <laughs> because of the HBO show coming, right? Like, 100%, 100%. Cash in. I don't know if that's Sony so much as Naughty Dog. You know what I mean? Uh, whoever it is, they need slapping because it's, a, it's an ass-backwards decision. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love that so, first game, but bruh, I, it, the remastered version looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah are you sure it looks better like that's undeniable no no, but, no i'm talking about the ps4 one 
Oh, yeah. I mean, but even the PS5 one, if you side by side it, like the difference is appreciable. However, it yeah. doesn't come with the factions content because they're making their own separate game for that. So actually, oh, this you're, new pay, one, yeah. you're paying again, probably more because it's a PS5 game. Oh, dude, it's so expensive. For less I, content. Yeah. Why? I don't get who, it. Who does that? I, I fully expect that game to fall pretty flat in terms of critical performance because anyone who already has a PS5 probably played this on PS3 and or PS4. Oh, I think critically they'll lap it up. Critically, yes, but I don't think it's going to sell that great. The sad thing Maybe is I'm proven wrong. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. we'll see. We'll see. I, I feel like you should be right. I'm sad that I think you won't be right, but... <laughs> <laughs> I will claim a moral victory if nothing else. So, uh, to, to revive the segue I was trying to make, and I like this aside, so it's not a problem. Um, <laughs> the fact that they focus so much energy on um, this Last of Us remake to the attention of other things, it's none of my business. What is my business is sexy business, a.k.a. Max <laughs> Gentleman, sexy business. This is the game I played this week instead of playing The Witcher, and I fucking hate myself for it. <laughs> oh, it, it, it. It's a gaming meringue. It's so vacuous and devoid of content, but it's so sweet in the mouth at the same time. I had a great time with this, and I despise it, and I do not recommend it, but I did enjoy it. Um, right, so to reorientate, this game is a management game it's a quasi clicker although you don't really click um you manage resources that slowly tick up and assign um your business partners who are very very sexy uh to different yeah. sides of the business um in order to sort of manage energy meters and resources and ultimately reclaim your business by hostilely taking over other businesses in fights in the town square it's very victorian um it's very sort of carry on double entendre kind of thing um it is dirty if you decide to put that dlc patch in um it's not why i was there believe it or not um the game takes entirely too long but it is a sorry whole what dlc patch is that again <laughs> that sounds terrible. What? Asking for a friend over there. I couldn't resist. Uh, yeah, I've got this me. buddy who wants to know. <laughs> He's disgusting. <laughs> uh, uh, but really, so, though, what hey, is like, like Wasn't many this the one with the mustaches? Sorry? Wasn't this the game with the mustaches? Yes, mustache? it is. It's, yeah. yeah, it does have mustaches and beards and stuff like that. So oh. one of your meters is mustache. Um, your mustache power is your. Um, denotes how many villagers you can recruit per turn in the slums those villagers denote your health in the takeover portion of the map uh, and the amount of damage you deal versus the amount of damage you take is denoted by a strength stat which is trained in the gym so you have a gym where you train your strength a barbershop where you train your mustache slums where you recruit people a town square where you have those fights it's very like victorian capitalism home uh, and there's various other mechanics that are layered on gradually as it goes. Um, the core loop is fun. The game itself takes way too fucking long to play. Now, it is the kind of game that you can absolutely play with a podcast bouncing around in the background kind of thing. Um, I think it would be insufferable if it if it required more direct attention and or if it didn't have a pause any time set up where you can sort of input commands and then let time start going again. Um, the writing's pretty good. It's it's very sort of self-aware, tongue-in-cheek. Um, the game's very friendly to sort of all persuasions. So um, 
you have male and female love interest. Um, nice. They sort of have interactions and CGs and um, other smutty stuff with other males and other females. So there's content for everyone there. Um, I don't recommend this game because it it it's not really a game. It's just a a waste of time. <laughs> a good waste of time. A pleasant waste of time. Not a profound waste of time. Just a waste of time. Hey. And I enjoyed my time with it. I pray you do not do the same as I did because I reg- I I look at the amount of time I played this game on Steam and I think I could have finished The Witcher in that amount of time. <laughs> huh? The only reason I know that I spent as much time as I did, and the only reason that I bothered actually spending as much time as I did, is that I'm trying to clear my PC out. And this, I, I might have talked about this about six or seven months ago on the podcast, because I played like the first of three campaigns in the game and thought, actually, that's enough for now. I'll leave that. Um, it's been sat on my hard drive ever since, and it's taking up an obscene amount of space for, for how much game is actually there. It's like four gig download. Uh, and I was like, well, I should jump back in and decide if I want to finish this or delete it. And uh, I jumped back in, and 15 hours disappeared over the course of a couple of days. <laughs> that is a long time for a game like that, damn. This is what I'm saying, it's so long. No pun intended. <laughs> and it, you don't really do a lot. And the same thing that you do, you know, once you've experienced like, the first hour with some minor variations, you've experienced the whole game. Um, it is fun. It is good. I don't recommend it. Play anything, not anything else, but play play something good. Play play an actual game. I, that's me. Let's go to retired. I'm just sad about my life right now. Paula, tell us why you're no longer nuzlocking in Pokemon. Well, I have to say I am sad about this too because I actually lost the Nuzlocke. Oh, you lost! Damn. Yeah. The thing is, is that I was like very Apparently, happy with you my podcast. You're not allowed to be bad at games. <laughs> uh, well, it, I, I was overconfident when jumping into the next gym. And not only that, I lost all my Pokemon that were good coverage for the rock type gym in Silage City. Oh, and shit. yeah, and everything was fine until I got to the gym leader. The gym leader has an. What's the name? Okay, the T-Rex fossil thingy and the... Oh, um, oh fuck. Onyx. No, Tyran... Tyrant. Tyrant. Oh, Tyranitar. No. No, there's Ty- a... Just I, Tyrant. There's another one, Rick, that literally is just a red a red Tyrannosaurus Rex. That is uh, Drake and Dragon type. Of course, it's Pokemon X. This is like the run out of ideas era. Okay, sorry. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> and the other one was Arodus, I think. That is the Rock Ice Pokemon. And Arodus kind of like decimated my team. I got like a lucky paralyze with, um, I think it was with, with my Pikachu trying to. So yeah, and I managed to get it paralyzed with my Pikachu, but the the darn the darn thing just made so much damage and my team was all formed with squishy Pokemon because it was either that on or using more squishy Pokemon that were primarily back types and and a flying type and I wouldn't want to bring those into a rock type gym anyways. And then just when I was about to beat the tyrant it 
great. Like it, Ooh. or no, it, it, it didn't create, it, it went through the paralysis and it quit. Uh, and it was like, no, fuck. And I, there, there's like a rule set that is like, oh, you, if you lost all your team, you may want to like, you may have like a second chance if you use like your box Pokemon that you cut along the way and every single one of them was either a back type or a flying type. And I was like, yeah, I am not going through this gym with this team. I wasn't really feeling like restarting the game because Pokemon X has like, um, kind of like a lot of interruptions in the earlier sections of the game, like any Pokemon game, especially like any modern Pokemon game does. So it was like, yeah, fuck it. I'm not gonna go back into this. <laughs> I might want to do a regular run of black and white or black and white two, or even like a Nuzlocke or, or just a regular run of those games because like, it has been like a long time since I played them. <laughs> I remember the story being good in Pokemon standards. Which isn't very high, but anyways. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's my side adventure um, through Pokemon X. So Salem, the 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 Brixen, Frankie the Wardle Tool, Celeste the Pidgeotto, Peppa the Spoink, Liliana the Fletch. You will all be remembered. So, who wants to go next? Oh, well, from next death to playing. <laughs> from death mm. to playing, pretty much. Go on, so why don't you jump back in? We've been oh, chatting sure. for a while. I don't actually have a lot to talk about, so this will be pretty quick. Uh, because I haven't been playing more of Warriors or Final Fantasy IV. I don't know why they're on there. I really, the only game I'm playing at the moment is really the Spiral Reignited Trilogy. <laughs> um, and I guess some Picross, but whatever. I'm not talking about Picross. But um, I saw Matt or, you know, the Resident Cock was playing uh, Beat Spiral 2. And it just made me think, I was like, you know what? Shit. I, I beat the first Spiral, but I haven't actually beaten the second one yet. So I would like to start that out. And I'm enjoying it. Though I gotta say. This game's got some real bullshit in it. <laughs> like some of the uh, some of the like extra mission things you can do are like so finicky, and I I don't the camera's not very good in this. Like it just it just doesn't feel right. Like you know how you really want your camera to be able to just kind of move all around you. It it really feels kind of trapped onto your back, and sometimes when I'm flying, it just really doesn't doesn't hit quite perfectly. Um, now, I don't know why it's, I feel like I'm enjoying this one less than I, like, than I enjoyed the first one. So I'm actually sort of stopping going for some of the extra stuff and I'm just kind of focusing in on the more, um, quick things. I don't know. I think I just liked in the first game that you were like rescuing all these dragons. It was just kind of neat. And in this one, it's more like you're getting talismans to like unlock these new worlds and stuff, which is fun and interesting, but I don't know. I feel like I liked the first one more. And I have no nostalgia at all about these games because like, I never played them as a kid growing up. So I'm just kind of coming to them now. What I will say is they're so cute. And it's so just like, they're just just such games, you know? Like they're very like game focused in that sense of like, you can tell it's like they're based and they're for kids. But like there is really fun platforming within it. And it's fun to just go and collect shit, you know? And explore these little worlds that they create and go through these levels. Um, but yeah, some of the like... Like there was this one 
mini thing where like you have to like fire all of these little dragon things that are like in this ice level and you have to do it in like one go and they're moving around and it's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> like I just gave up at one point. I was like, I'm done. It's too specific. I don't need this in my life. I, and you don't have to. It's it's genuinely is optional content. But you know what I'm like. If you put it in front of me, I want to beat it. <laughs> you know, so uh, that's a weird sentence out of context. But uh, <laughs> but it's a good title out of context. <laughs> <laughs> if you put it in front of me, I want to beat it. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Someone's already tweeting. Um, anyway, so that's really all that I'm playing right now, honestly. Um, like I said, there's just not. Much, I mean, besides you know what we'll talk about later. But uh, Rick, why don't why don't you tell us what you're playing? Yeah, sure thing. I'm actually playing quite a lot at the moment. I've got um, Risk of Rain 2. That's perennially happening. Um, still amazing. Uh, ditto The Witcher. I have played a little bit, despite the little sort of... Uh, I did earlier. I have played a little bit of it. We're getting closer. Um, I played a lot more of Days Gone, which I have to say, the more I play, the more it is growing on me. Um, I recently unlocked some more karma in one of the camps. It allowed me to get a lot more bite parts. Uh, you can really tell the difference with the bike as you upgrade it and do more with it. Uh, there's a part of me that kind of wishes this game had been linear because the story it tells is actually getting pretty good. And I think the open world distracts from what is one of the stronger elements of this game. The open world's pretty thin. Like, you can forage for things if you really want to go that way. There's the odd, like, little outpost that you can go and clear out. I think the story is the strong point. The story is where it's strongest. Uh, and the gameplay, it builds around that. Uh, the little obligatory stealth sections less so, but they're short and sweet and not overly offensive because the checkpointing is really good. So when you do goof, you're kind of straight back in. Um, the core gameplay is still great. You know, it, it's not particularly innovative, but it is a whole lot of fun. Um, the focus mode they give you through, there's lots of sort of options with distractors and explosives and silencers and focus and, um, the crafting that's wholly unrealistic, but quite good from a gameplay perspective. Um, you know, the idea that you go in a wheel and while you're behind cover, you just make three Molotovs and a medkit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because that that's how it works. Uh, but it, the game is good. The gameplay is good. The story is going from strength to strength. And I am enjoying all of the time that I'm spending playing this, which is good because it's, as I gather from friends who've already beaten the game, I'm still actually quite early on in the narrative. Um, so there's lots of games to go. I started Metroid Dread. So that's an interesting one. Um, one I've wanted to play for a little while. First impressions, the gameplay feels tight. I think they've maybe overplayed their hand on the Emmys. And I'm not particularly a fan of the level design early doors. I have to say, I'm one of the people that actually was quite a big fan of the Melee Counter. So I like that that's a little bit expanded in this one. Um, I like the addition of a slide pre-getting the morph ball. I think that's a nice touch. Um, shooting still feels excellent. Looks great on the Switch screen. They've really upped the game in terms of graphical fidelity. I'm only 20 minutes in, so it's far too early to say anything conclusive. But first signs, mixed on the positive side. Um, started a new Android game. Uh, it's called Elo. Whole spelled backwards. and it's kind of a little bit like a, a musical cut the rope kind of puzzler type thing. So the objective is to move blocks around on, on predetermined spaces and axes. 
uh, to get balls firing from cannons to go from A to B and C to D and E to F. Um, there's color elements, there's different types of tile. Um, there is also a really strong musical component to it. So it's all um, kind of tribal themed in terms of its aesthetic and its music. And um, every time the ball hits something, it makes a sound or a beat or a note. Um, and as such, as you complete each level, you're building up like a, a stanza or a musical idea. And it, it's just really nice and satisfying. It's the kind of game, unlike Golf Peaks, where you do, for the best experience, have to have the audio going for it to work. But I think it justifies it. And it, it's not super long. It's like 98 um, levels. I think I'm on level 25 already. So it's not one I'm going to be playing for very, very long. It's worth saying for people who... Um, who are listening, they they developed like a, a relatively critically acclaimed game previously. I am just going to double check the Google Play page because I forget what game that is um, that they, they sort of say on. Oh, Old Man's Journey, which I think also got possibly a Vita port. Um, it's the same devs who made that. I can't quite believe the game is so little downloaded. It's like 10K plus, it says on the Play Store. Maybe it got more... Um, on ios if it's there as well but i think for the price it's like two pounds um i think it's really 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 good so far um i've had a lot of fun with it it's a nice relaxing experience um the 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 overall look and feel of it aren't entirely unique but they have um a distinct feel that sort of sets them apart from other little puzzlers and i so far very easily recommend it um You've both rubbed off on me, the Puzzle and Picross Bix. I've also uh, perfectly legally downloaded on a non-hacked 3DS E7, um, which is one of the Picross games that Jupiter make. Uh, it's Picross. It's good. And I'm, I'm on the record as loving Picross with stylus controls and using the analog sticks to select um, marking a tile as a, as a cross or as, as a, a Picross tile. Um, I know that's not your preferred way to play, Alex. For me, it absolutely is. So... Um, I am very likely, rather than taking advantage of, at time of recording, a very healthy Switch Picross sale, uh, I'm probably going to do some more legal downloads of games on my non-hacked 3DS. Mm -hmm. Amen. And do it that way. However gets you playing Picross is the right way. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever gets your fix, man. <laughs> um, and finally, uh, I have started a veritable classic, Secret of Mana. Uh, which I'm trying to play on Vita. Uh, there are various um, emulation options. I'm currently sort of cycling through them to to find the best one. Um, this is something that I talked about with some people on uh, the Discord about a year ago, it transpires. So I was like, I want to play this soon. Like, what's the best way to play it? Obviously, soon is fucking 14 months. But nevertheless, um, the the game... It's very early. I, I have no comments on the game yet, except it's very, very pretty for a SNES release. Um, I tried to play it using the PSP emulator through Adrenaline. Um, worked great for me for Super Metroid. For this, I think I'm getting some slowdown. Could be the game. I understand that the game was sort of one that suffered from slowdown, even on original hardware. Um, so I'm looking at options through RetroArch cores, um, through a native Vita emulator that I've seen bouncing around the SNES specific. I am also just going to grab some footage of like the proper game and just get an idea of 
what kind of performance I should be expecting. There are ways to overclock SNES games like that, um, but sometimes they can be a bit bug-ridden. Um, if anyone who's listening has done this and, and found a good way, either for this game or SNES games generally, please do let me know, because Vita is my preferred way to play that kind of game. I think it's a lovely little emulation system for SNES. It's got all the right buttons. It's it's great. Um, what else was I going to say? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, and in terms of the version I'm playing... Uh, there's a relocalized version of the game um, up on ROM hacking. That's the version that I'm playing. That's the version that's been recommended to me. Uh, again, if you think I'm a heathen and I should be playing a different hack or an original version, let me know what and why right under the like button. <laughs> that's it for, for all of my playings, with the exception of um, the monthly one, which we'll come back to. Um, Pala, take us home. What have you been playing this week? the games that I've been playing, except for one, are like new games in the sense of the games I haven't talked about in the podcast, I think, before. Okay. Mainly because I have the attention span of a, of a nugget, so <laughs> that's a thing. And first of all, Taiko no Tatsuki, the drum master. I've been getting better at the game, so we actually did a, a small competition with my boyfriend, I, and I was winning as much as I was losing levels, so... That is a palpable improvement over the first like little competition we did. So he's like, oh no, it's my time to find it in the in the Taiko Mountains and try to get a better at the game. So you guys will be hearing about this very fun game for a long time because it is very addictive and I am not planning on losing. I <laughs> I have my pride over there. The other game that I've been playing. That is, actually, I think I started it a long time ago on PC, and I, at some point, I was like, fuck it, the best version of this game is in the Vita, is Persona 4 Golden. Mm. And um, on the, like, beginning stages of the game, I've already been called a sack-sack by um, King Moore on the very, uh, very not likable teacher in Persona hmm. 4 Golden. So, of course, I sus him, and he went, well, no, you're in my trip, please, effective immediately. So, well, that's that. And I don't think I have been introduced to much of the cast of the game yet. No, I, yeah, I met two of them, like, properly, one of them being, well, being Josuke, Josuke being Josuke. And that's pretty much the extent of what I've been playing in that game. And wait, is this your? Uh, is this a replay, or is this your first time playing it? No, this is a replay. This is okay, probably what... like the third proper replay of the game. Okay, I was gonna Come say. On, well, that, that's why I was confused. I was like, you've played this game a lot, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I played this game a lot, but um I guess this is the first time I've been playing it and commenting on the, on the podcast unless you count the Persona 4 PS3 never mind yeah because I was Let's just thinking about all that. our talks about dancing all night so I was like I was like she's played it though right I thought I was going crazy anyway sorry <laughs> go ahead I uh, rule it out yeah you're probably going crazy but not for the reasons you think <laughs> 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 I'm gonna go over to my corner um <laughs> <laughs> And I've also been playing Fire Emblem Fates Revelations. I finally embarked on the third adventure of this trilogy, the last adventure of this trilogy. And 
yeah, the story is messy as I remember. And at the very least, we have, I am able to like level up my units because there are like very few units at the beginning of the game. And yeah, I'm around chapter eight or nine out of 27, I think. So we are, I am making very big progress already. It's still Fire Emblem, better than Ambit Pride in gameplay-wise, um, worse than Conquest gameplay and map-wise, but still a lot of fun. And finally, why don't we roll to the game we've all been playing? Oh, absolutely, yes. Too. I hope we've all been playing it anyway. Uh, so this this is your first sort of recording that you've done some playing Palace, so... Or done proper playing, right? I know you've yep. played it before. Um, yep, so how so... have you found it so far? You're playing on PC, aren't you? Yeah, I am playing my Steam version of Tangenda of the Endless, and I am so glad I'm playing the PC version because I have no idea how the uh, Switch controls would work in this situation. <laughs> and it has been a lot of fun. I have died twice already. I have mm -hmm. two unsuccess unsuccessful runs. The first one, I was like trying to grasp the mechanics of the thing. And I died at the first floor when I was moving my crystal to the exit. On the second run, I got to the second floor. So progress, yay. But at some point, I lost all but one of my units. So you can guess how well that went when I had to carry the crystal today. Yeah, not level. very. Not very. But it has been a lot of fun. Um, the game is kind of stingy with the resources. Or not so Yeah. And I didn't know that each time you build a thing, it gets more expensive. So yeah. that can't be like on a particular floor anyway. Like that resets once you get to the next floor. Yeah, and um, and your resources carry over, don't they? So I think From I'm gonna to take floor, advantage. Yes. Yeah, I should probably take advantage of that for my next run. And that, that's which one of is the probably gonna rewards. be tonight. Oh, sorry, I I keep jumping at you. That's one of the risk rewards. Like on any given floor, do I spend increasing amounts of money on having it here? Or do I try and ride it out so that I can build early and take more advantage on the next floor? If I yeah. get there. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. If I get there. <laughs> yep. So I think I'm going to have to lower the difficulty and try to make a run that way. At the very least, while I'm still getting used to the overall dynamics of the thing. And yeah, I completely forgot that the floors were like randomly generated at the release, like what you find on them. So mm. that was another nice surprise. <laughs> yeah, and I suppose speaking of sort of the difficulty, obviously when we left off with you last week, Alex, you said you were sort of dropping down to too easy already and you just wanted to complete a run. Uh, how's that been going for you over the last week? Oh, I'm getting there. I don't like this game. <laughs> no? <laughs> no, I don't like this game. I, I just, it's too random for me. Like, I, I feel like, so, I don't know. Like, it's for a niche audience, and I, unfortunately, I'm just, I'm just not it. 
like it's not a bad game or anything. It's a little this is a little bit of the Devil May Cry situation. You know what I mean? Where like that okay. game is good. It's just although I would argue Devil May Cry is way better than this game, but <laughs> but um um at least the fifth one that is not this might hold a candle to four actually. <laughs> anyway, they're totally different games, but in that side, it's just stunning with faint praise. <laughs> but it's just I don't know like. I, I often feel like as I'm playing that my runs come down to like a flip of a coin sometimes where I'm like, I get into a level where it's like, all right, well, I've gotten screwed by this particular level having too many areas like connected to me that I can't light up. And so like, by the time I go, I just get kind of fucked on this one. And then I hit another level where it's like, oh, this level is actually more linear going through. And so it's actually a bit easier for me because all my enemies are behind me. And you know what I mean? And so like, sometimes I'll just get a level where I'm like, well, I'm fucked because it's just like, there's just too many ways that they can come at me and I can't properly build my thing. And it's just a lot of micromanagement and it's just, it's just stressing me out, man. I'm just stressed out. <laughs> I guess that. Yeah. I you know, uh, and that's why like I'm having a hard time going through it. Cause again, though, like it's not a bad game. It's just one that like I'm having a hard time connecting. With. And then it, and so this actually a bit more to like what I'm looking for in a game in particular is like, I do need a little bit of a narrative hook just to buy me into the gameplay loop. You know, like I need a bit of that for me, at least personally, even just a small little thing, like, cause even a game like monster train, the narrative hook is so tiny. There's basically no narrative, but it's like your demon hell spawn who have to relight hell. And I'm like, all right, I know what I'm doing. But in this one, I just don't know what I'm doing. Like, I know that we're crashed, I think, and I don't really know where we are. And I'm just like, I just don't, I don't really understand why I'm, what I'm going through as I'm going up each level. And I know you've mentioned that as you get up to the higher floors, they reveal that. And I just, I just wish they maybe would talk a little more earlier, you know? I'm not sure if I said that. They, they have more dialogue on the elevators as they go up, but it's all like flavor text. Yeah. I, like there are sort of logs and things that you can read alongside. Mm. I'm pretty sure this ties into a different game, like the universe of a different game that they made called Endless Space, hence Duddens of the Endless. Um, oh, okay. I think this isn't a great console game. I think this really yeah. is suited to PC. Yeah. Um, having yeah, having played it on PC and played it on Switch. My plan later this month is to do a couple of PC runs and get a completion there for comparison's sake. Mm. Um, I did finish this on Switch. And having to navigate with the buttons, they do a really admirable job of getting everything in a very simple, straightforward way onto all the buttons. But it does take more time to move. It just actively does to navigate the map with the analog stick um, Mm. to be switching between individual characters with L and R bumpers. And you can only select one or all of them. You can't like select multiples, which if I remember correctly, you could on PC. Um, I might be making that up. But my my complete run, um, and this was on too easy, because um, I, I was finding with this interface easy with whipping my ass. My complete run was three hours, 12 minutes, and 54 seconds. Oh, which I'm showing wow. you both in the camera, but you can't see it. It's a long-ass time to get to the yeah. top. I, I don't think it needs to be 12 floors. I think it would have been much better at six or eight. Because that's um, a long time for a roguelike run, you know what I mean? Like, and and you don't get yeah. anything when you lose. Like, there's no progress that carries over. Well, it depends. You find other characters, 
Yeah, but... um, and if you can keep those characters for three floors, they're unlocked to play with on subsequent yeah. runs. They have different stats, different abilities. They unlock different methods of play. I do think the overall loop is stretched way too long, but yeah. I don't remember it taking that long to do a run on PC. I feel like on PC it was more like half that time when the navigation is a bit more um, straightforward and simple. I think also when you've got mouse and was like you felt more empowered to do more while the clock was running. Mm. Whereas on Switch, I found myself pausing the game constantly just yeah. to manage everything that was going on. Um, the, the core game underneath it is still fantastic. I stand by that. Um, there, there was a morning where I did half of that run, um, having intended just to play a floor uh, and ended up being like eight or nine floors deep because I'd just been like one more bit, one more bit, one more bit. It's got that like, mm. I'll just play one more ability of the game it really mm. hooks you like that or it hooks me like that um i having not played the pc version in six or seven years i'm expecting when i go back to it it just to be an infinitely better experience on pc and as good as the console port is from a technical standpoint i think pc or bust is probably the name of the game on this one yeah maybe if the pc yeah. when the pc one goes on sale i might try that one um it was free two years ago alex yeah, but i it. wasn't doing shit on the <laughs> <PC>. <laughs> i wasn't though i just i don't want to pay money for this game right now i get that i get that yeah don't, i don't i don't enjoy it <laughs> so i have to be honest it would be fun to do like a, a multiplayer run on pc so yeah some listen someday when it goes on sale i'll buy it and i promise i'll play a multiplayer match with you guys <laughs> you know i'll do that i bet multiplayer would fly as well because you each control yes. a character in multiplayer if i remember correctly and then that micromanaging just isn't a thing you coordinate with teammates i bet it flies in multiplayer See, again that sounds fun to me but again, this is the problem with the console port because the console port is single player only. Yeah. Because we, we had this conversation, didn't we? We were talking about playing this game. Oh, should we all get on Switch? Should we all get on PC? Um, and we talked about the multiplayer and the fact that the Switch version just straight up doesn't have it. Yeah. Uh, and I expect for the, for the console versions also the same. Probably comes down to it being a pretty bare bones port and them not wanting to sort of pay for proper servers to support console multiplayer. It's an indie release. I, well, I say it's an indie release. They grown the everything now but it's like it's a small release i do understand um yeah. it doesn't change the fact that it sucks but i do get it because they're a pretty big studio these days aren't they they did humankind right I, maybe i don't In know space too yeah they're pretty big these days um okay and they've got sega money behind them for sure got so. sega, yeah but but i agree with you back then yeah they're not sure. you know yeah it, they've moved on you know <laughs> like this isn't you know what i mean like this is 2014 like they've got other shit that they want to do um so you can't play them right it was only like what their third game i think um something like that yeah yeah and really really like they had yeah because anyway you know it's just not clicking for me but like and i to be real with you i'm, I'm retiring it on switch i just can't there's, I don't think I can get through a full run, especially where you just showed me it was going to take three hours. I will scream. It took um, me three hours. It yeah. would take me longer. You're good at this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. But I will wait when there is like, I, I will commit to when there's a sale on PC, like I'll for sure pick it up and, uh, and try it out there because I, I, from what you're saying, it does sound to me like this is something, and look, I'm going to be with my, away from my Xbox and shit for two months here. So Hopefully, uh, over the next few months, I could try it out and, and see what's up with it. It's just, uh, yeah, you know, it didn't get me this time. Didn't. 
I feel bad because I wanted to like it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like a game that I was like, oh, here we go. Not going to like this one. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's one of those situations. But anyway, should we move on? Yes, let's let's yes. go on to the topic. Why don't you yeah. introduce us to this one, Alex? Because this was your idea. Yeah. So, um, on the Discord, um, there there was this conversation about like the question of are all games art? Because we've talked about before the idea of like are video games art in general, and like we've discussed it. Like, yeah, of course they're art. But I saw a good post and it. I had this conversation with with Gamer Aim, and we were talking about how like, so they've done um, a lot of graphic design, and like I've done a lot of um, video editing work and like videography work before. Where you know, for instance, I worked for this uh, geology department, and I created this like video about their department, and I used my artistic skills to create a piece of promotional material. That mm-hmm. I wouldn't call art, right? Like I would call it promotional material, you know. <laughs> like it's it's like it it serves a really specific purpose, and maybe some elements of it are artful. Like I'm proud of some of the transitions and edits and things that I did within it. But to label it art, I feel like is a fucking stretch. <laughs> and also, like I don't know, the Tide logo. That shit's not fucking art. It's the Tide logo. <laughs> You know, um, now if you're Andy Warhol, you then take Campbell's soup and you turn it into art. Sure. But like, I do think that, and sometimes I know, I, I think we hear. And so what I want to sort of discuss with y'all is like the idea of is like, are there video games that really just are not art that are created for a very specific purpose um, that isn't art. And I put down this thing in our notes called the chess metaphor. Um, and the, the, what I mean by that is like, when you think of the game of chess, I don't think anyone calls the game of chess art, right? Like, I wouldn't call that art. You could say that the chess board, maybe someone makes a really beautiful chess board, and you could display said chess board, perhaps, and look at it as a beautiful piece. But as you take the chess board down, and as you start to engage with the board, and as you play with another individual, you're playing a game. You're not, you're not making art, right? Like you're not engaging in a moment of art. Um, and so that's actually something that like, I, 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 I want to like think about this a little bit and be like, are there games where they're games with a big capital G and not necessarily art versus games that do have some sort of artistic element or are in and of themselves art? And like, what is that difference? And I think there's two important offshoots from that, just from what you're saying. So the first... Let, let's go both ways with the chess metaphor. So the first is the intersection with games and sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because chess is a sport, not a physical sport, sure, but a mm-hmm. sport. And to the extent that it becomes a sport, I suppose it sort of ceases to be art. Mm-hmm. Now, there's creativity and artistry in some of the aspects of sports and things that you do there, but it, it, it's a wholly different beast. I think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Um the other more nuanced offshoot is probably moving away from talking about binary art and talking about more or less artistic merit. Mm. So Tide Pod logo, to use your example. Yeah. I would argue, yes, art, but in fact, horrifically low artistic merit. 
until you warhol it and do something wholly different with it and construct it in a different way. Um, you know, if you if you look at something like Clash of Clans or you know, insert gummy gacha game here, a work of art, incredibly low artistic merit because it is a money making thing first and foremost, and it is artistic only as much as it needs to entice people and their wallets. And so I I think I would frame the question differently. I absolutely think there are games that have less artistic merit for all the reasons we've touched on and many more. I don't think they're not art. I, I think that's a really um, reductive way of addressing the question, personally. I don't, I don't think it is because I think art by by a standard is like because there's like there's a couple forms of art right there's the representation so like how is the art perceived there's the expression through it and then there's and there's the form right um and art in general is something that is created for the expressive viewing of its beauty and beauty can be ugliness as well right like beauty is a wide range and emotional power i think too like that's usually the large part of it emotional power is often found through the narrative or simply through the evocativeness of whatever piece of art you're looking at. Um, But Mm -hmm. it's created for its consumption as art, right? Like it is meant for that, um, that viewing experience that, right? Like that's like kind of where it comes through. And that's why I feel like something like a Tide logo is designed for the market, for the usage, for the recognition, for the, it's not meant to be, seen as something evocative of beauty it's meant to create associations within your mind of a brand right and so like for me it feels really utilitarian i don't i don't think that's one or the other i think there's an overlap there i don't know though i i I don't i don't think there's as big of an overlap as one might think because and this is actually i'm not saying a big overlap i'm just saying an overlap i'm I'm just saying it's a venn diagram not two circles that that's my contention they might just be touching but my contention is they're not completely separate that's all but i think that I think that touch isn't as profound as one might think. And I, I, and part of me feels like I'll say one thing and then I want to hear Paul's, Paul's thoughts on this, because I think that, mm, sure. um, um, I think that sometimes we collapse the definition of art a little too much and we like allow only almost too many things within it. Um, because then it, I, I just, I feel like it lets shitty capitalism get away with too much. <laughs> I'm sympathetic to that. Sure. Yeah. Paula, what do you think? I'm trying to think here because, especially because I went, I was in a, a character design workshop a couple of weeks ago. And we're trying Ooh. to uh, classify like some kind of like, especially like the poses of the characters. So like, you have to think what is the purpose of the thing you're making. And on that front, it would be like, yeah, if something is. Um, for money-making purposes, it's kind of like doesn't have the purpose of art, but at the same time, it can have the purpose of art and be not the primary focus. So that is like the the, the weird question is, uh, here. Like when is uh, when is something considered art in itself, or when it is a collection of arts? or artsy things that make a thing that is not art. Because let's be honest, video games, even if you don't consider them art themselves, are created by a 
myriad of different pieces of art, let it be music, let it be the graphic design of the game, or let it be um, maybe the story itself or like a set piece inside the game. So that is the thing that is very confusing to me because it is made of art. Why is it not always art? And that is the... Because like, I don't know, like if you tell me, I'm going to take the, the Call of Duty like example. <laughs> I see the game and it is hard for me to consider it art. To be fair, I haven't played it. So I know nothing. The story may be like something very profound and it may be considered art. But to which point are we saying this game is art, this game is a cash grab? The game can be art and a cash grab or are they mutually exclusive? But I also think like to, to bring up your point about like just to back up a little bit, because we'll talk about Call of Duty in a bit, actually. Because <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I think actually campaigns are art and then multiplayer is not. But anyway, um, what I'll... Uh, what you're talking about there with the idea of like something being made up of pieces of art and not itself being art. I think of the idea of a novel versus say a brochure, right? Like in one case, um, the novel and both the brochure are made up of the same constituent elements or even an encyclopedia and a novel, right? I would not call an encyclopedia art, right? It's just not, it's a reference text but it is made up of the words and the bindings and all the things that the novel is made up of. But the novel itself forms an expression of a subjective experience and emotions um, and may try to replicate something from life um, through a narrative, right? And it offers you this art and it is meant to be, it is meant to be used as not just entertainment, but some sort of experience of, you know, human, whatever, anything, right? Whereas the encyclopedia Yes, it was probably made by someone who has artfulness to them, who has these abilities, but it's not designed to evoke something. It's designed to be referenced, right? And so it's like, yeah, they have similar things within their form, but ultimately one is art and the other is not. Doesn't devalue the other thing necessarily, but they're of different measures, right? Because I, and maybe that's also where we get a little stuck is that I, I do think sometimes when we hear something is not art, there's this like, assumption that it is therefore less valuable or worthwhile um but it is simply different and it goes by a different measure um and i think it's important because i think that then changes how we decide to look at said thing and even possibly regulate said thing right like uh think about mr loot boxes like when i think of something like this i go Yeah, fucking bring the band hammer down on them because they're not making fucking art. <laughs> this isn't part yeah. of their, do you know what I mean? I'm like, they're making a product. Um, so I don't know. Anyway, I, I could keep going a little bit, but I want to hear your thoughts on that concept. Yeah, speaking of product, like that reminds me of how going back to like workshop, it's like, oh, when you're like working with other people, you want to give them like a, like, I guess, a, a standing pose so everything is unobstructive. And, you don't really call that art. You'd say it is um, a concept art or like a reference art, but mm. not like a piece of, a finished piece of art. Mm. Well, in, for example, uh, going to loot boxes and stuff, Genshin Impact <clears throat> uh, has like all these different characters that are, you get pretty much, <laughs> yeah, loot boxing. And the way the character 
portraits are designed or like the character art is designed is to make you want the character, like to make it appealing. So then you have like more the dynamic poses and stuff like that. And they may be even like finished illustration, but when you go into the game, it's like, it, I'm struggling to call it art, even though there are like very, I guess, pretty scenes inside the game. Maybe mainly because of how predatory it can be, like mm. with the loopback practice. So, would you call, for example, I'm gonna go with Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which has a loopback system, but you don't put in real money. Mm. If you have one game that is designed to sell you the loot boxes. And you have another game that is designed like a big adventure. Would you say anyone, any of those is like more art than the other? The, the economics like... of it color it for sure, because then that, that how changes the purpose. If you go back to what Alex said there, mm. um, I don't necessarily think it, it's one or the other there, because I do still think that um, there's an element of subjectivity to all of this. And that's what makes this question so hard to answer definitively. Yeah. So, um what you might say to go back to the fucking tide um, <laughs> i don't know why we picked that but I, it was no, the first no, thing i thought me neither, but I, I, I like to roll with it I, yeah. it's um <laughs> it's um yeah no i don't know what i was gonna say anymore fuck's sake i'm oh, sorry well <laughs> i i did have a thought um because you know what this reminds me of a little bit actually it's like remember a while ago martin scorsese everyone tried to dogpile on him because he said that marvel isn't cinema yes. yeah which i'm yeah. actually like in full agreement with martin scorsese on this because, i'm like, in most agreement yeah, yeah like if you if you actually listen to what like he's talking about he's just describing like the differences between what uh experience these superhero blockbusters are versus what certain cinema cinema is it's 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 a game of definitions which i know some people get really annoyed sure. by definitions but i also think they are actually pretty useful um because yeah. as we as we lose definition towards art and whatnot we kind of risk homogeneity right in the market and which mm. i already think we're kind of there look jurassic world dominion or whatever shit just came out which is like a fucking nightmare of a movie <laughs> that just takes like mm-hmm, i've heard yeah, yeah. member <laughs> do you member dinosaurs member that guy member this guy it's just like all that shit remember when he put his hand out and stopped the rapture like it's like all that as a movie right <laughs> and then like i it feels gross to call that cinema <laughs> you know what i mean like i'm like that's entertainment um, which I don't know, it's just different, right? Like I, I'm not, although in this case, I do think Jurassic world is, is bad compared to other cinema, but cinema can be bad too, right? Like just because you make something that is, and, and I guess here's the example too, right? You can make art and it can still be fucking shit, right? Like <laughs> art doesn't equal good. It just mm. means it's art, right? It means it's meant to evoke something. Um, but that's why I it's think, a, yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say, art's a measure. It's art's not a measure of quality. It's a measure of um, not a measure of quality. I can't think of the right word. I mean, it's the other way around. But yeah. yeah, it's a measure of almost like the expression. It's a measure of the intent. It's a measure of like intent. But even then, some of it's subjectivity. I suppose it's a. Um... It's hard to define. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's probably yeah. right. But 
again, I think of something actually, because Paola brings up this interesting point about Call of Duty, right? And like, I think, sure. for instance, the campaigns within Call of Duty, and I can't really speak for more modern Call of Duty because again, I haven't played it for a while and I know it's it's kind of turning into cancer a little bit, but um, Modern Warf, for example, playing that game, that campaign to me is absolutely art. Like it is carefully paced it is carefully considered sound design music design everything within it is meant to evoke an experience within the player whether that experience is ooh me badass or holy fuck war is terrible doesn't really matter it's meant to evoke something within you right and you can't really you can't determine what your art is going to make someone feel you can simply try to craft an experience and hope that it'll make them feel something and that game sure as shit makes you feel something whereas warzone is not art as far as I'm concerned. It's a sport. It's, it's, it's yeah. game, right? Yeah. And that doesn't mean it's bad. I hear it's quite good. Um, but it's sport, right? And I'm like, I do think that's important because in sport, we have different rules. We have different ways of looking at it. We have different um, views on where it fits within our society. Um, and I, I kind of think it also maybe explains a bit of how, what people enjoy as well, right? Like I've come as I've gotten older to know that I like artfulness in games a little more than I like the sportness of them. Um, mm. But there was a time in my life where I liked the sport aspect of gaming far more, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Does that seem to resonate, Paolo? <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's, oh my God, I can speak. That does resonate a little bit more and that it makes sense on the way that you frame it. And I'm still like, cannot do this. It's like, um, it is so difficult for me to, like, to frame uh, speed games as art or, or not art. I'm more like in the Rick camp where there are like different levels of artfulness on each hmm. given piece. But I do agree that when, especially when a game is more like a sports game, it's like, yeah, that's not art. <laughs> or like not really... Right, like Madden is not fucking art. <laughs> but even then, it sort of becomes tricky, right? Because there are, there are sort of arty bits within it, but as a whole, it is sport. But I wonder too, though, if you could say because maybe that's a different measurement. Because this is what I was thinking of, Paolo. You made something pop in my head a little here, where it's like there is art, and artfulness is something different right? Like artfulness is that like attempt to create evocative like feeling or emotion or whatever that you can insert occasionally into your thing. Like even in a sports highlight reel or some shit, someone's editing it together to create a feeling of like, isn't this cool? Like there's some artfulness in that. Um, would I call it art? I don't think so, but there can be artfulness. Does that make sense? Or is that more complicated? <laughs> I think it's also worth bearing in mind that sports games are in this weird niche within a niche within a niche situation where they are artistic <laughs> representations of an actual sport that in and of themselves become a different sport. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so you know it, what? It, it, it's, it's layers and layers deep where it's sort of oscillating back and forth between the two. And I think that almost as an example complicates things in a way that it doesn't initially feel like it should or would or could. Yeah. Thank you. Maybe uh, it is more in the composition rather than the pieces. Like how... You consider like something art or not? Because when you have uh, different pieces that don't really resonate with each other, then you have like a awful composition. Mm -hmm. But if you have like everything like uh, carefully chosen or carefully picked, and you make a cohesive piece with all of it, then you have composition, and then you have 
uh, something that most people that see it will call it art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I think the ch- and, and a big part about art is that art always requires a human to be making choices on it, right? Um, decisions for the artfulness, even the most abstract art has intentions behind the evocativeness, what it means, what it's going to be going through, right? Um, and I think that like that intent to know that like I'm creating this thing to create an experience to evoke something versus I'm making this so people play this so we make money um, and they keep within it and they don't leave and they stay on for as long as possible. Like Facebook's not fucking art, right? It is meant to keep a human being actively engaged within it for as long as possible. It's an engagement tool, right? And that's where I feel like Fortnite, for instance, that shit is not art. That is poison. (laughs) It's just like this carefully manufactured thing to keep children engaged. I don't know. Uh, Maybe the boomers are coming out in me, but (laughs) I mean, it's still fun as fuck. But again, I don't know if I'd call it art, you know? No, I get that. Yeah. That makes sense. I think you hit on something powerful there, Paola. I think my head's starting to hurt a wee bit. <laughs> I feel like that was a good conversation on that, though. I feel like we're pretty good there. Uh, oh yeah, you won't you won't get me disagreeing with that. Absolutely. I think I think we made a su- surprisingly good attempt at <laughs> digging our ways through like a, a notoriously difficult topic. Yeah. I'd love to know what people think because this is something that I honestly it felt like a little part of my brain opened up the other day when I was reading about it. Mm. I was like, oh yeah, because I had thought about this as somebody who, if you're an actor or, you know, theater or anything, any kind of, doing any kind of creativity, at some point you're forced to sell your craftsmanship for some fucking bullshit. (laughs) It's just like you're filming a commercial and you're like, yeah, I'm an artist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, it's a question you've got to wrestle with within yourself, right? Like, yeah. Sure. All right. Well, why don't we move on then to How Long to Beat the Game? I think Before Rick... we do, I just want to like acknowledge how much more elaborate our dancing and bopping and like music thing <laughs> that we do when we like ad lib in the theme tune that you hear on the actual recording. It's just growing every episode. I feel like initially it was just Paolo going, do, 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 and then I joined in. <laughs> And now we're all just dancing and throwing shapes. and The best part is, so <laughs> listeners, whenever you hear the music playing, we're just quietly like leaving space. And it's gotten to a point now where when I was editing last week, we paused the exact amount of time that the song plays yeah. for. <laughs> it just got perfect. I didn't even have to move it. I just popped it in. I was like, perfect. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right, Rick. Tell, uh, tell Paolo and I, what are we, uh, what are we doing? Also, while Rick's getting that, scores-wise, Rick's ahead, six points, but Powell and I are tied at five each. I need to get ahead in the game. This could and be this it, Paola. going into the start of the second full game. may be able to fuck. <laughs> you never, never count on Paola when it counts. Right, because Rick, you did the first <laughs> one because you won last time, right? That was the... Correct, Monday. Yeah, so this, this is game week number two, yeah. as it were. Could be... For all the marbles these next three rounds but we'll see we might do more who knows <laughs> mm. Ooh, this is an interesting pick so oh, um is. in the spirit of at at time of recording the very interesting announcements of uh some shin megami tensei games getting a bit more love uh, this week's pick is 
<laughs> Shin Megami Tensei, Devil Survivor. Ah, um, specifically the DS original. Shit. So this is a, an SRPG-flavoured take on the Shin Megami Tensei formula, critically acclaimed, uh, both in its original incarnation and in the overclocked 3DS expanded port. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, just, I, I want to make sure. You said the real survivor, and is it the DS or the, the DS original? The DS original. The original. Yeah. And mm. in, in the proud tradition of DS games, using the D and S initials for their subtitle. That, I did not clock that until now. <laughs> ah, there's fucking loads of them. Uh, my favorite is Guilty Gear Dust Strikers. There's nothing to do with dust in the fucking game. <laughs> they they just picked three words that started with the letters D and S. So, as every week, we're going to need a main time, a main plus time, and a completionist time. Um, I would also like to know from the both of you um, how many people you think have this game in their backlog. Well, I'm sure I'm one of them, so it's at least one. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, foiled again. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> it's, I, I, I think it has to be pretty high. I, I would say, I universally, people say that the 3DS version is the better version, so yeah. no one has this version backlog uh, and is listening to this. I think about the 3DS version, at least. I just realized, yeah, I was like thinking about that now, and I'm like, oh, actually. Um, okay, well, let's see here. I think. Let's do this. Oh, is there any kind of New Game Plus? Because that might. Um... I don't know. I is honestly there... think so, but I'm not certain. So, I mean, while you guys are thinking about your um, times. Just for, for oh, the benefit oops. of listeners to fill this space, I have not played the original in any form yet. Um, I did buy the DS version of the sequel, Devil Survivor 2, Record Breaker. No, Devil Survivor 2, Record Breaker is the 3DS port. Uh, I also now own both 3DS ports, so I stopped playing um, DS2 about eight hours in um, and then moved like across to the 3DS version, which I like started briefly, but have not played properly since. There's loads... For, for a Megaten fan, like there's loads of Megaten games that I own and just haven't put any significant time into yet, and I really should be doing a better job of that. Like I was going through my PS4 games on my shelf um, the other day, and I have Persona 5 Royal that I stopped like eight and a half hours in right before the tutorial dungeon boss, <laughs> and um, still haven't gone back to. I, I really will be going back to it soon. It's probably next game up on PS4 after Days Gone and Sifu. Mm. See, I think I have this game on 3DS because I think they had a huge sale. It's either this or they did. Set it would have been like a fiver. Yeah. yeah. And hell, I mean, it, it's free if well. you uh, if you go the the Somalian route. True. Okay. There. <laughs> um, I gave a wild okay. guess. I don't fucking know, man. I'm. Yeah, I don't know, especially like the backlog one. It was yeah, the backlog. I'm. Yeah. It was the backlog. I I yes, made, it was yeah. the backlog. I just fucking guessed. <laughs> I got no idea. I mean, I have to say some interesting times all around on these. So I've got okay. everyone's numbers in. We are ready to go. Um, so um, again, main main plus hundred. They're worth one point each. That mm -hmm. bonus category is worth two points for a total of five points each up for grabs. All right. Um, 
for the meantime, Paula has put 30. Okay. Alex has put 35. Hmm. Uh, the actual time is 30 and a half hours. Oh, Paula almost well entirely done, on the money gets the first point, draws first blood. That makes me really uh, main worried. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> main plus. Paula know. has put 40. Mm-hmm. Alex has put 45. Uh, the time is 42 and a half. So bang in the middle. That's one point oh. each. Okay. Nice. That you were fully ready happy. to lament. I was ready. Right. <laughs> I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> well, you're good, Alex. I've got a point. <laughs> and uh, 100%. Alex has put 90 hours. Paula has oh. put 60 hours. And Paula is bang on the money. The completionist time is 60 hours. Wow. Okay. So that, that's uh, three points to Paula, one point to Alex. And now we go into the backlog, which is where things get interesting. Okay. Uh, Paula has put 30. Alex I has think that's an exactly undershot. 10x that with 300. <laughs> the actual number, 299. Holy Alex shit. <laughs> Nice. Oh no, we're still tied. Tied eight eight. Yeah, you are. You get three points apiece. Damn, that was a close Even round. Honors. A yeah. very close round. Yeah. Shit. So so uh, that that puts season total um, as Alex and Paula on eight each uh, with one game fewer played. I am only two points behind. Yeah, you're getting there. Close, but Going still to the next round of the game week. It's truly anyone's game at this point. <laughs> yep. It's everyone's game. It's the people's game is how long to beat the game. That is so true. Well, thank you for tuning in, folks. We will see you next week. Um, for a very special, special episode. episode. Yeah, that's the one next week. <laughs> it's one you're not going to want to miss. Exactly. Take it easy, guys. Peace. Bye.